Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy Podcast, and we're back once again with yet another episode of Stargazers. Wow. <laughs> Tell me about it. And I'm here, your host, Jermaine, with my wonderful, amazing co-host, Mark. How are you, Mark? I'm fine. I was just musing this morning that uh, how amazing it must be for a lot of podcasters, um, guests, to come on and meet you you know, like on the start of their career, thinking I can handle any interview now that I've sort of spoken to Jermaine, he's relaxed me in that. So if I was on TV or radio, I think I could deal with it now. What a great introductory technique it is to come on here first and talk to you first. So yeah, I'm good, man. I appreciate it, man. And of course, you are a contributing factor to this as well. So please don't, don't run out of it. I mean, it's a, it's like a balancing scale, isn't it? You know, uh, you know, we've got to bring the brutal realities in, along with the harmonious media sort of world. So, it's a balancing trick, isn't it? Really, I think. And mm. sometimes we're lucky as well to have Shiloh, who brings an absolutely magical dimension to the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> taken to it really really is I, you know he's he's become much more um i'm gonna say articulate for want of a better word he's he's been able yeah. to articulate his his thoughts so much more than when we first started it's great mm. really cool it's, and it'll um, be interesting to see what he says about africa when we go down there what his views will be even from the amazing sort of um ranges that he can pick up on things be interesting mm. Just as, as you mentioning that, I um, <laughs> I was listening to him yesterday. He was he was literally just babbling away, babbling, babbling away, and I was just like, "Where are you going with all of this talk? Like, I don't even know what you're saying." I can pick out some words, and then there's words that sound like words, but then it's like I don't think that's what he means. But it, it's just like he's really stepping into. Okay, it's my time to talk now. So yeah, definitely. I'm just gonna talk, and you're gonna hear me. Yeah. and I love it it's brilliant it's amazing but it's when he starts um, uh, he's just loving the way he cuts it across beautiful really yeah. nice yeah <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I mean, he's getting really, he's getting really good at it now he, he gets it now I think when you first used to do it he, he didn't always necessarily say what you were saying now he's really getting it he kind of gets okay he wants me to say, Daddy wants me to say this. That's fine. Okay, I'll say this then. It's good. He's growing up, man. <laughs> uh, so, Jermaine, today we've so got a guest. A bit and you, where you are at the moment, Mark. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to keep okay. cover, but it, it keeps breaking. Um, the guest we've got today, you you made contact with them, didn't you? And. Um, Jalisa Lopez, and she is okay. a she's a photographer, she's a model, she's a video editor, wow. and she edits for quite a, a YouTube family. Um, so of course we'll okay. get an opportunity to dive into all of that. Um, and she does some other things as well, which of course I'm sure that she would be more than happy to share. Um, so. She's from uh, Atlanta in the US. Um, oh, Atlanta? A good friend of wow. Mine, actually. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so cool. Um, 
Yeah, and Naomi stayed with her for a couple of weeks before she came back, before heading to New York to then come back. Um, okay. So, yeah. So, it, I'm not very really... familiar with New York geography. Is Atlanta close to New York? It's the Atlanta is the south. Say again? Atlanta is in the south. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of the names, I just don't know. I couldn't pick them out on a map, that's all. I know the names, obviously, but I don't know where they are. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you know, 51 places no to choose from. You know, it's a lot to get in your head. What um, I'm going to do now is I'm going to invite Jaleesa now um, and then have her join us. So really? please bear with me. Yeah, of course. So just give me one sec. So, people, if you're listening, Jermaine has done a number of amazing series on the podcast on Curious Anarchy, um, well-being series and stargazing, to, uh, astronomy sort of series. They're really worth listening, especially if you've got some time and you're at a low ebb or something. Just, you know, hit one of them. They're absolutely amazing. Some of the guests and some of the conversations are out of this world. Um, you'd go very far to find them in such a lovely way, in a concise way. But also in an explanatory way. So I really do advise you, if you've got some time and you've got some energy, have a listen and see what things tickle your fancy in terms of interest, education, and thought-provoking. Definitely worth listening to. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't know you were still there. Sorry, I meant to no, say it in your absence. Sorry. You disappeared for me for a second while I was just sending you an email and then I came back. Right, like, fine. I just the... didn't, I, I thought you weren't there, so I was just sort of like, just asking people to catch up if they hadn't done it. It wasn't for your ears, really, but that's fine if you heard it. It's not a problem. It was more no, for I, people listening in. Of that anyway, so that's all good. Okay, fine. Um, so, uh, I think you sent me some statistics yesterday or the day before, and we've got a new country that listens to us now, haven't we? Yes, Guam. Or, or Guam. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could tell you absolutely anything about Guam, which is quite interesting. And I, um, I, I don't even know where it is. That's what um, I'm saying. I was like, where on earth is Guam? Um, I, used... I believe it's an island somewhere. But It's definitely an island. That... But where is it? I mean, I used to test kids on islands and, you know, capital cities. But, I mean, it might be Guam City, but I've not, I can't remember Guam at all. Um, well, it's amazing. Uh, Guam is an organized, unincorporated territory of the United States in the Micronesia. Is it really? of the Western Pacific. Wow. And what's the capital city? Or is there not one? Um, the capital city is... Uh, it reads like Hagatania. Oh, wow, okay. Um, it's, a, it's a former Spanish colony, I guess. Um, oh, how cool. Yeah. How awesome is that? And yeah. I can see that we've just been joined by the wonderful Lopez. Woo, 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 woo. Hi, I'm Welcome me. to the Curious Anarchy Podcast. Can you hear me all right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> I can hear you like you're standing in my front room. It's wonderful. <laughs> awesome. How are you both doing today? Well, we're very good now you're here. <laughs> That's what I love to hear. 
We are really awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Lisa. Thank you um, for having me. You have the wonderful we have the wonderful pleasure of having you on our yeah. Stargazer series. Um, our Stargazer series is all about up-and-coming, existing talent in the creative fields and giving them an outlet for an opportunity to express and share their story and something about what they do for a living. Um, so I would like to invite you to be a group on this podcast. Um, and to be as frank as possible, this this podcast is called Curious Anarchy. So, conversations, freedom of free, and, and really just allowing people. To... <laughs> While Mark is fighting with the wind, there. I um... really am sorry. I do apologise. <laughs> let's let's open it up. So, Jalisa, how are you? First of all, you well. I'm well, yes. I'm doing good today. It's my day off. Oh, wow. Fantastic. So even on a day off, she's still committed to working. So I appreciate what, what that. What an amazing woman. Wow. I mean, Chilisa, where did you grow up? Well, I so I was born in New London, Connecticut, but I grew up for most of my life in Florida. In Florida? Yes. In Okay, can you give us an idea of what it was like growing up in Florida? Because I don't know about Jermaine, but I've never been there, let alone lived there. So, Ooh, growing very up, very curious. It's um, I don't even know how to explain it. It's <laughs> I would imagine it would be the same as growing up. Um, it, I grew up in a pretty small town. So I pretty much knew everybody. Okay, um, okay. But you know the basic um, young kid thing. You know I would go to the park, play with my friends. You know uh, people would make fun of you at school sometimes for different things, or you know. <laughs> so you know people say often they talk about growing up in Miami because it sounds like a big place. So what was it like growing up in a smaller place, like a small? What was the name of the place that you grew up in? It's called Cape Coral. So it's one of the most south towns in Florida. Oh, and it sounds it sounds gorgeous. It was, um, it kind of is, but very boring, especially oh, okay. up. Like there's nothing to do besides get in trouble or go to <laughs> the only thing to do. So you know when it says Cape, is that not on the sea? Is it not on the water or something? Um. The beach isn't that far. We have a few beaches, so yeah, I would say it touches the water. It touches, but would you guys, as kids, would you go out there or? Yeah, we go to the beach all the time. That was our thing to do as kids. You know, if we have a vacation or if we have a break from school, we're going to the beach. Oh, so like literally every, you'd find all your friends on the beach sort of thing. Yes, yeah, definitely. And what about going on boats? Do you go onto boats or is it just lying on the beach sort of thing? Um, we do go on boats. I didn't growing up, but oh, now you didn't? I'm okay. older, my dad loves boating now that I'm older. <laughs> so we use okay. every occasion now. So do you mind if I ask what your parents did or what they do or whatever? So my mom, she actually lives in Connecticut. Um, she is medical coding and billing. So for medical, she does um, 
their information for their check-ins and check-outs. Oh, wow. Cool. Okay. And my father's still in Florida. He does financial advising. So that's... Okay. Okay. And and growing up, did you have siblings? Yes. I have one older sibling and a younger one. So I'm the middle child. Oh, you're the middle child. Okay. Yes. But my older sibling lived with her mom for all of her life. So it's been my younger sister that have stayed together all our life. So you're the big sister, really? Yes. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And was school a good time for you? Hmm. It was up and down. So with my experience in school, right, I lived with my mom at first and that was a very difficult environment and situation. Um, so when I went, well, I actually didn't do that good because of my uh-huh. environment. But when I was 13, I was, it's called a freshman school over here. Um, so I was in ninth grade and I moved in with my dad full time. And after I changed my environment, I started having all A's and B's because I used wow. to have B's and F's, right? Because my other parent didn't really care about my grades. Uh-huh. So in my whole environment, I went from F's to all A's and B's, student environment, wow. sports, um, AP classes. Like, so I really was into the whole school thing um, once I was able to have an su- environment that supported me. And it literally changed. Like, everything sort of literally changed by just going to the new environment. Yeah, definitely. So at third, I realized how can develop and expand wow wow okay that's awesome <laughs> um, we don't hear many people say that that's all that's why I'm a little bit taken back most people we spoke to were like um, their teen years were their most problematic if you like yes I was <laughs> I was very <laughs> rebellious and problematic oh good <laughs> that's what we're looking what for what kind of stuff did you get up to Yes, what was your rebelliousness? What does that mean? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) It's all coming out now. Um, Dad, don't listen to this. (laughs) Yeah, Dad, don't listen. Uh, Listen, maths needs sorting out, Dad. Do some figures quickly. (laughs) Um, The rebelliousness was kind of just, well, I would talk back a lot. That was my issue I had to learn about was (laughs) I had a very smart mouth. (laughs) Oh, good, good. We like that. So, yeah, my dad didn't like that too much. He was like, yeah, no, you're the kid. You're not supposed to talk back this much. Well, <laughs> yeah, I coming from that uh, generation of yeah, children are supposed to be seen and not heard kind of thing. Yes, but then also, like, I'm 13, so I'm just going through my puberty and my woman. Uh, and now yeah. my dad has to take on two girls full time. Wow. By himself, not even with a stepmom or another woman to help. So that's alone with the PMSing and the hormones that we don't yeah. know about and everything we're going through. Oh my God. Ooh, your poor dad. I was <laughs> on your side till now. Now I'm feeling sorry for your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and then with my sister, um, we're both Libras, but we clash a lot. Wow. So we had to be like, it's funny because we're Libras, but he had to be the peacemaker with us. <laughs> oh my good lord! And is your dad? Is your dad? Sorry, sorry Mark. Um, Jalisa, where where did that need to express yourself come from? Hmm. Good question. 
Well, I realized I was hurting myself when I didn't. Because I was quiet for so long. And you know me, Jermaine. You see me in um, certain, like, we'll be in social rooms together and stuff. And I'm actually very quiet. Wow, okay. Naturally. Um, So, but I started to realize, I think it was after. So, there was this moment in my life that kind of changed for me to try and speak up when things aren't right. Which was, my dad asked me how I felt living with my mom. Um, and that situation um, was very hard for me, right? Because I was, I went out, okay, I'll just be transparent and say I grew up in a very abusive household with her. Uh-huh. So when he asked me that and gave me that opportunity to speak up, I had to take it. Wow. And so you did, did you tell him then that it was abusive? Yeah, I told him. And it was very hard for me, right? Because no matter it's what good that you did. to me, I had that emotional tie, right? That she's my mom and I don't of want course. to feel it. Yeah, yeah. But I just had to speak up if he's giving me the opportunity. Now's my chance. And once I took that chance, <laughs> I'm here where I am today, which is amazing, right? Versus where I started. And where you could have ended up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How did you? So that's really brave. That? <clears throat> really brave. Thank you. How did you get that take? Um, I feel like he, I was 13, so he more dealt with it silently with my mom. Um, that whole situation I was really a part of when he told her Uh, her whole switch over. I kind of just told him, um, I honestly never want to go back and I didn't. And that was the last of it. She moved away. Um, I mean, her didn't talk for a little while, so he handled it. He took what I said. Um, I guess he told my mom or whatever they did, but they handled it together without us. Okay. Um, I suppose it's appropriate to ask at this stage, your parents, what's their sort of background in terms of, uh, are they sort of just white American or what's the background that they have? So my dad is half white, half Puerto Rican, and my mom is full Puerto Rican. Right, okay. So, and presumably you had some of that culture with you growing up, obviously. Oh, know. definitely. Even my dad's, like, even his white side, his mom, she's fully into Hispanic culture. Like, oh, right, okay. Spanish fully, fluently. So was she speaking fl- fl- solid Spanish to you at home, like, when you were living with her? not fluent and not fully at least my parents didn't but my grandparents Uh, things to me in Spanish so it's funny because I don't really know how to have a conversation but when when somebody can bark orders at me in Spanish and I'll understand (laughs) you know what I've got to tell you something funny I had the same experience I I traveled through Latin America and I didn't Mm -hmm. I tried to have conversations and have a clue what people were saying to me not a clue but if they went go there or something I got it because it was more transparent it's more yeah. like immediate isn't it like you go 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 get that coffee it's like that's clear but if someone says how are you feeling about the weather i had no clue what they were saying to me <laughs> exactly. so that's interesting that's really interesting um and your dad did he embrace it when he was with just the two of you yeah definitely um well i think my dad honestly has been taking care of women his whole life whole life wow. Wow, cool. yeah, he yeah, took yeah. care of his mom and then his younger sister and then took care wow. of us wow what a guy yeah quite, quite a lot to do old, there how old are you both Jaleesa you and your right sister. now me and my sister so right now I'm 23 
I'll be 24 in October and my younger sister that he raised with me will be 22. She's 21 right now. She'll be 22 next month. Oh, so were you guys at school together, like literally one year apart sort of thing? Yes, yeah, so we were two years apart in grade. Oh, two years apart, um, okay, yeah. So our schooling is broken up in three sections. First, so we go to three different schools through like grade, kindergarten, through 12. Ah, okay, okay. And so, but you were around if she needed you at school, but a couple of years apart. Yes. Okay, so, interesting. So that creates a really interesting dynamic. The big, the big it really does. <laughs> and I remember for me, when I was um, in year 11, my uh, cousin, my cousin's brother, like my his younger brother in the school that I was in, and he was in year seven. <laughs> Um, and he was being bullied by some kid and he told me the one day when we were walking down the corridor and I just said to him like listen like just tell them that me and you are family like end of and it stopped since then I oh, really? really? who's going to bully anybody but I knew that because I'm in year 11 they're going to see me as like this big scary guy <laughs> so wow. I just said to him just say that to them and, and that's it and it stopped Yes, uh, I used to call him my. What was that like for you? Well, so where you have I to defend have... your sister's honor. <laughs> I wish I could have defended my sister's honor. Um, I think there might have been a few moments that I did, but none I can remember too much because what I mainly remember is the jealousy, really. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, we're two girls and she seen me as like competition. So she kind of tried to keep me away from like her business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so if I caught wind of it or knew about it, of course I would come to defend her. But she tried to keep, you know, her distance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So. Um- at the moment, we're growing up. It's a, it's so far a fairly sort of spread about kind of youth growing up. But Jermaine gave you such a huge rep in terms of introducing you. When did the creativity all begin? So the creativity began when I was in high school, really, as far as videography. Uh-huh. Um, when I was in grade ten. I heard about a television production class and everybody said, oh, it's just an easy grade. You don't do anything in the class. (laughs) You just sit there. So I'm like, oh, this sounds like my type of class. Okay. So um, once I entered the class, though, I noticed um, certain elements of myself starting to show out that I hadn't really, like, noticed before. Like, I'm an extreme introvert. But Uh once... I once it came to brainstorming with people and creating the shot list and the story of what we're building, something would just click in my head to where it was just like I I just understood it deeply and I knew how to be that director figure which I had wow. never really came into before. Um so through high school, I completely fell in love with learning how to work the cameras, how to create these stories and how to visually capture them for other people. And then I taught myself how to edit. So wow. that's where my creativity started. And when I was a senior in high school, 
I start coming to that reality of, oh my gosh, I'm about to finish high school and I'm no longer going to have television production class. Like, I don't know what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. I yeah. wanted to be a psychologist and a lawyer. Those were my top goals. Mm-hmm. And then when I looked up, um, I looked up colleges out here and it said that those were the top two most unsuccessful. Wow. So then I had to change my mind completely because <laughs> I want to be successful, right? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> so um, I decided I'm just like videography is where my heart is. Like it's a part of me. And the way that I embody such a... Mm, it's hard to explain, right? Because it's this feeling when you're in the moment of like creating these certain things and you know that it's meant for you, it's just like, um, nothing can compare to it, right? So I had to convince my dad to let me go to college for it. Oh. I went to film school. Uh. And when I told him I wanted to go to film school, he laughed at me. <laughs> He laughed, and then he made me write him an essay. He was like, okay, well, you know what? If you want to go to school, write me an essay on why. I love your dad. (laughs) I love your dad. What a great idea. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Was it a good essay? I guess so, because he let me go to school. (laughs) I won him over. So it worked. Brilliant, brilliant. Guys, if you need an essay, right? Anyone needs to write an essay, go hit her up because clearly that was a good essay. <laughs> um, did you film? You know, before you went to college, did you film around? Did you take it outside of school? Um, did I film my own projects? Yeah, yeah. I filmed a few things um, before school. Hmm. You mean before high school or film school? Before film school, sorry, yeah. Okay, before film school, I did a bunch of... mm, It was really just in high school. So outside of there, I didn't have my own good camera, right? Because equipment is so expensive that when I was in high school or film school, I would have to use their equipment. Uh, And you couldn't take it out to the beach or anything like that? No, not unless it was... um, film school then I could rent it out oh then you could rent it out okay yes and were you mixing with people that were doing creative projects like outside of school sort of thing yes definitely which is amazing I actually um met people now like one of my friends from film school he's actually in Poland now studying film even further um and so I now So I had this class, which was a small, intimate group of people. And now we've broken up around the world and are doing our own things in our own projects, which is really amazing to see. Cool. Wow, that's awesome. Mm, Interesting. Um, Do do you know of, I cannot remember his first name, but his last name is Stanislavski. Um, He's known as like the... I guess you could say like the godfather or a godfather of acting. Um, he created or curated which um, is really about the actor, actress tapping into themselves and therefore into the character. 
um, I've got this book that kind of takes you through some of the exercises and some of his techniques and stuff. Um, I was going to ask you about that, but you may not know much about Polish um, history in terms of like the thespian world, etc. Um, or Russian, even for that matter. Um, Don't, but, but it sounds like I need to get into it. <laughs> yeah, because I think that would have some resonance in terms of what you're capturing on screen. Um, Cut from the mic for a second, please. Yeah, yeah. I could just hear you. I could hear you breathing. Sorry. Um, I'm trying not to breathe, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work, does it? It never works. No. Um, no. <laughs> so, in terms of your venturing into film school, and I know that you're dealing with quite a big client at the moment, which we'll get into. Um, like, what has been that process for you of? discovery what what's that been like the process of going through film school yeah and because i'm sure you would have discovered things about yourself even though you're dealing with all of this external footage and applications and how to put things together and, and really just figuring out like what feels right for you but also mm-hmm. what uh create portrayed to other people um yeah can you can you talk to us about about that yeah so okay hopefully with my answer like hopefully i understood the question um (laughs) which you're asking what i learned about myself right yeah yeah, yeah. so basically what i learned um So through film school, I struggled a lot. Um, Personally, like I said, I'm also an introvert. And um, so I struggled a lot with myself, while also just with like insecurities, with um, not knowing, you know, like if I'm good enough and stuff, because I always had doubts for ridiculous but you know like sometimes our mind likes to play with us or likes to doubt us especially if we're new in a field right um so gr- going through that and realizing like <laughs> like there was moments right i didn't know if i was good enough because we were doing everything that was brand new to me so through film school we had to do a documentary um a short film music video commercial so we had to do a bunch of new things that i wasn't used to right um and these are going to be on my portfolio and these are going to be what people see of me the one thing i did like about videography is that since i don't like to speak too much that my work can speak for itself now i'm being able to utilize my throat chakra right and i think that's also what videography taught me with myself is that directive element too like it brought out of me that um that go-getter that determination that focusness and that leader because i'm not usually a leader i can but i just don't take that role in in the assertiveness but when I have this task of creating this whole idea. Um, 
Yeah, I learned a lot of different things about myself, like how to be stronger, how to be a leader, um, how to work with others and communicate with them and how to execute their ideas. I love bringing others' ideas to life. Tell me about that process, because I know that, like, for example, I'm, I'm, well, I have been and will be interviewing a number of film directors and writers and different people that work within the entertainment industry. Um, and, you know, especially with writers, for example, you're writing a script and then you're handing it over to somebody to then create something visual out of it. Um, like we've known the three books that have been written and then turned into films. Um, what is that process like for you? Because I'm quite sure you've probably got a little bit more of a handle on how things work. Do, do you work with the, the writers or the people that kind of help to put the vision together or ideas and then go off and incubate yourself and create? It's, um, I would say it's different based on who you're working with. Some people kind of just have guidelines that they want you to follow uh, overall story. And then some people have had a specific vision cooking that they want you to embody. So it's really up to each client and how much freedom that they give you. Um, yeah, and then based on that, depending on the project, whether it's a music video or a short film, like with writers or anything, um, it's different so like with if i were to do a short film which i did but it was actually one that i had wrote so it's funny because like I said earlier like i was feeling insecure like i don't know if i'm good enough but i wrote my first script and every month in class we would go over the script and i literally had the other people in class fought for mine to be the one that we shot <laughs> like okay. i had other people fighting for my work like supporting. i was like oh my goodness i'm actually good at this yeah <laughs> so how that process went was we had a director um we had an assistant director we had a script supervisor then you have your camera operator so you have a whole team usually to go ahead and make this vision happen you can do independent work like i could pick up a camera right now and do a documentary or a music video also yeah so oh, okay. um, but at the end of the day having a team is definitely one of the most solid things you can do when like executing a vision mm-hmm. and so um projects that you're working on at the moment other than at the moment i'm not doing any film pro- projects um since i'm so busy with my regular client monday monday through friday right. so when i do have time off i'm getting into more photography now since ah. i've been a lot more time to edit um photography is a little bit more takes less time <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, can I ask you a question? I just have a question because I'm intrigued that you did all this while you were being in an introverted headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the obvious question I think people would be asking if they were shouting in my ear now would be, what kind of movies did you like growing up? What were the films that left an impression on you? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, I so 
I love superhero stuff to be honest. Oh, wicked, wicked. So it's like I'm I like special effects. Um I love especially like growing up, like I was into maybe like Matilda or um the oh, Batman wow. that came out. Or so I've always been into that type of um genre, I would say kind of like a supernatural genre. But that was just, you know, my personal because the fundamentals of film are basically the same throughout. Like there are other films, there are specific films right throughout history that utilizes them in a specific way that are like above the rest. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the genre that I liked to watch because you know the special effects and all of that. So what would be your top 3 superhero movies of all time? Ooh, the Dark Knight. I love The Dark Knight. <laughs> Everyone, that's a great choice. <laughs> I love The Dark Knight. It really is. Um, ooh. And then it's hard to choose between the Avengers movies now, though. Yeah, it really is. They really have stepped it up um, for production-wise and development because their story was actually... I love how... Um, so I'm a sucker for like when things intertwine and all connect. So like, yeah. if, like how Doctor Strange in the first Avengers was telling Tony Stark, like, I'm not going to save you. If it comes <laughs> down to you or my stone, I'm not saving your life. But he ended up saving him. And then you realize in the second movie why. So it's I like those um, things that intertwine in the story to make it all more connected. Wow. Do your films do that? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but honestly, though, like I've written a couple short films. And okay. <laughs> uh, I think I'm a lot more dark than I realized. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. <laughs> you know what? Like thriller, plot twist, murder mystery type. <laughs> but people love those. You know, people act like they like light films. But when you get down to it, People love dark films. Yes. You know, they like the dark heart side of things. You know, that kind of, um, the bit you can't see from people, you know, the bit that doesn't skip through the field. So, mm -hmm. interesting, that's it. Are you allowed to say what their names are or are you keep it out under your hat or? The names of the films? That you yeah. wrote, I mean, the ones you wrote. Oh. Oh my God, what was the name? I'm trying to remember because this was <laughs> film school. So I did film school, I think, in 2018. I think it's been wow. three years now. Um, so I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't remember because honestly, I I would not put it out. <laughs> okay. Oh, you wouldn't put it out, did you say? I would not put it out right now. <laughs> Why? Why? Because it was such the beginning of my career and like my development. <laughs> I was the main actress that. in it too. So our You were in the film as well. Oh, people have got to see I'm, this. People, you, you need to stay tuned. I started it and it. Oh, so people, you need to stay tuned to this. If you love Jaleesa. the Lopez movies, you need to wait for this. Jaleesa, can you yeah. send us a clip? A couple of clips oh, to post. I'll try to find it. Oh, yeah, okay, wow. Okay, then. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. Mm -hmm. I'll, no, I'll see if I can find it. I think it's on one of my hard drives. I'm going to say see. this to you, that everyone we've spoken to, and when you think of any, like anyone, Tarantino, anyone, people always look for that, for that piece of work, that beginning piece of work that 
that links the jigsaw. You know what I mean? That that links to what they do later on. This is so cool. I mean, you're way too young to be having these kind of gems at your hands already. So that's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. Thank you. So talk Um, to us about your work with the YouTube family then. Like, how how did you come into that and, and what is that like? What is that? Okay, so this whole situation with the YouTube twins, which is just what I'm going to call them right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> so basically, a few years ago, I think like three or four years ago, I remember, so like I said, I wanted to be a psychologist, right? Um, uh-huh. And then, so of course, I got into the whole identical twin thing in their psychology. Uh-huh. So these two identical twins, I would watch their videos on Instagram. They would take their YouTube clips and put them on Instagram. And I don't really watch YouTube families or anything. And I found myself like just going through all of their videos because they do something called twin talks. So it would be her with her sister at three years old and her mom, their mom would interview them and ask them questions and they would just, wow speak however they wanted to um and their parents encouraged them to just be completely open and say whatever they want really Mm -hmm. um so i would watch those videos and then i imagined myself in that position and i was like i want to be where their mom is interviewing them like i want to be right here doing this for these people and fast forward maybe a couple years later, so I would say two or three years later, um, I was commenting on their dad's Instagram because their dad's the one that does their videography. He does like uh, TED Talks and like uh, Facebook panel talks and speeches and stuff. So I was commenting on them and I was like, wow, this is inspiring me um, and words such as that. And he reached out to me and messaged me on Instagram. And he was like, hey, um, I see you're a videographer because I have um, it, I have it in my bio. So I ended up sending him my demo reel that I put together during school. Whoa. Um, he's seen it and he's seen that, you know, there was potential. Um, so, but the thing was, it wasn't a solid like sealed deal that, right then because when we started speaking was right before the pandemic started. So this was kind of a little bit of a journey for me because when the pandemic started, I literally packed up my apartment in Orlando and I went back home just to say goodbye because I have to move to Georgia for this position where the family lives. So this is the state right next to Florida. Um, so, which was okay. Cause it's not as far from my family. At first they lived in New Jersey and I literally like, I pr- prayed and begged and I was like, I need them to move closer. So they <laughs> to Georgia. <laughs> I'm like close enough. It's the state right next to me. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> so when the pandemic broke out, I was totally crushed and like, didn't know what to do with myself because I'm in this creative field and I have this secured position, but now this whole craziness is happening with the world right now. And he told me that I no longer have the position because this weird deadly virus and lockdown going on. So 
right b- the day before I was moving out there, he basically told me I'm no longer have the position. Whoa, whoa, so whoa, I had whoa. to change my whole mind. <laughs> whoa. Yeah, it was real tough. So for six months, I had to try and um, gain some type of employment because with the pandemic and lockdown, working with other people wasn't really a thing. People started working from home or doing school from mm-hmm. home. Um, so I ended up doing social media managing and stuff for this doctor. And that's how I got by during the pandemic for those months. Ah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But while me and their father were still in contact, though, because I made sure I was not going to lose this position. Like, I could almost taste my dream position. This is yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so there, after that, there was actually moments where he did tell me, like, he reaffirmed the no, that I didn't have the position. Oh, he reaffirmed the no. Wow. Yes, he reaffirmed the no. I wasn't expecting that. Sorry, I thought you were going to say the opposite. <laughs> yes. So I had to convince him. And that's the crazy thing. I really had to develop some type of self-confidence. And um, I had to fight for myself, right? Because I really knew. Like, there's no way that this is a famous... Like, I have no experience in video besides school. I have no professional experience in it. And this is a famous family who's getting um, brand deals with Walmart and Barbie and all of these big, like, the biggest brands that own America, basically. So, like, I was, like, I can't lose this opportunity now that I'm so close because I Mm -hmm. can, like, Mm -hmm. my dream. So I convinced him and I advocated for myself and I told him, I was like, I know that I'm the perfect person for this position. Like you telling me no is really in other ways, but it's just going to hurt yourself because I know what I'm capable of and I'm going Mm, to get back what you're looking for. So if you want like what you're looking for, you know where I am basically. Um, And I had to convince myself and him of that (laughs) because, and I was, I was pepping myself up. Right. And I was like, I'm too good for this. Like, I know that I can do this. And even though I had no experience, I had to keep that mindset. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually getting the job is a whole nother story. Oh, <laughs> I thought that was it. <laughs> wow, this guy's making it hard, man. Please. Yeah, no, it, it was cause, um, you know, this was my dream job. And once I started, um, it was very, I had like panic attacks every week, basically oh, wow. starting it. Right. Because there was such a high standard for me to fit into and jump into when I don't even have experience doing this. Right. I have experience editing, but now their specific brand in the way that he does his creativity, I basically have to mirror his creativity in a sense. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have to develop this whole this whole thing he's developed in five years. I have to develop in like a few months. So there was many times, honestly, where I was kind of put down. And, you know, there was times where he told me I wasn't good enough even working for him, basically. And I would I would convince him like I just need you to give me a little bit of time 
like you need to realize it took you five years to get here and i've been working with you for one month yeah no that's true him having patience with me and me convincing him that i'm worthy of it was a big deal that i had to get over right and i had to get over my own fears and my own insecurities especially moving out to a whole new state not knowing anybody this is my first time moving out of the state and then while i'm here he can fire me at any moment he could wake up today you know he could wake up today and just be like okay i'm done with this and so he um he was very very hard on me and it was tough but i had to put my emotions to the side because when i logically thought about the situation i am gaining so much and i'm growing a lot besides the fact that my feelings are hurt you know it's because i know that i do need to be better yeah he could have told me in a different way (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> he knows I don't have experience he didn't have to say it that way wow but, he's a bit mean really isn't he yeah and then we got to a point um I had made a mistake honestly because you know it's not perfect so I uploaded a video to YouTube and I the last two minutes got cut off oh no uploading it and and that had never happened before, but now that's unacceptable because we have, they have 2 million followers on YouTube. Raw. So like mm-hmm. our videos get regular, like a lot of people watch them. And if I mess it up, then that messes up their like revenue. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So they put me on probation for two weeks, right? Um, Because I made that mistake. And I just kind of realized with myself, like, what's meant for me is going to be for me and the universe at this point is going to do with me what it wants and after i made that decision to let all of my fears go Mm. um after that our relationship has actually been different once i changed my own mindset which is weird so i don't know what got into him but like once i stopped fearing like honestly losing the job and not being good enough then he started to actually see my worth and value. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. When you think about the dynamic beforehand, it was a thing of you being like, oh, I really need this job. I really want to yeah. do this work. And I really want to be all of like that. And then he's she kind never, of like... She never sounded like that. But cool. No, but what I'm saying But it was like that. You come across. <laughs> I'm just saying she didn't sound like that at all. Right? That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then as soon as as soon as you take back your power, you're saying, you know what? I'm good enough for this. I can go anywhere. Then he starts to mm-hmm. draw him back in. Um, but, that's really but, interesting. But also he sounds like a bit of a control freak. And once you don't show the fear, he can relax because he doesn't have a job to do that anymore. Because it, the point was, he was scared to let go. Now he knows he can let go. He can actually trust you. Mm-hmm. That was idiot, yeah. Right. I'm, I'm intrigued, actually. And bearing in mind as well, this, this, this project is about his family. It's, it's about his baby, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm sure if that if he starts up any project, he's going to be like, yeah, sure. Just... They want to be sure that whoever they're handing it over to is going to do a great job. And possibly I'm an even better of, job than they would do. 
I'm exactly. thinking of like, imagine Jaleesa was handed over to the Williams sisters when they were young. You know, it's that kind of, I've, I've taken them all the way here and now you want to get involved with the project. But mm-hmm. there are people that can do it better than him. He must realise that, surely, because any of us would realise that. Um, mm-hmm. Jaleesa, I want to say something to you. Listening to you, for someone that said that as they were growing up, they were very introverted, Mm. You've twice turned around the mind of very strong-willed men. Mm. And it might be at some point worth your while making a video or a YouTube. I don't know what the terminology is these days, but you might it might be oh, worth yeah, your while. Know. It might be <laughs> worth your while doing a video for people following behind you mm. about how you found the strength to do that and the and the sort of, I want to say tactics to do it. Like the, I'm still struck by the essay you wrote for your father, which sounds amazing, and that was a precursor to you help, helping this guy explain to himself that you could handle the project. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I'm actually writing that down now um, mm. because, yeah, I usually don't share my story so much, and people don't usually ask honestly, so I don't. <laughs> You know, so why am I just going to blab on if nobody's going to ask me? But But I think the hardest thing for introverted people is to come up against strong, controlling men who don't like to cede an inch without a reason, if you like, you know? And you've twice done that. I'm sorry, I'm not being disparative towards your father or to this man, but what I mean is they really need to know that everything's going to go okay once they let go of the tiny bit of rain that they're holding. And you've twice convinced people to do that and that's amazing because like even with the both times you haven't really had the like the body of evidence to say look this is what i've done in the past and that's why you should it's been more like trust me i can deal with this and they 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 believed you it's mm-hmm. such a great power you have <laughs> wow i really never noticed it like that because yeah you're on point like i have no record to say hey look what i've done in the past i just mm have like I'm just like hey believe in me because I know I can do this mm-hmm. and I have to force them to believe in me as much as I believe in myself mm-hmm. so, so there's a little girl sitting in a room somewhere she's 14 and she's planning to try and do these things and all she lacks is the confidence to talk to her father or the teacher or someone and you've done that and I guess the video would help them to get how that gets achieved especially if you're introverted because you know we know loud people make enough noise to get through everything but when you're introverted you have to find logic and reason rather than beating every window in the house sort of thing you know (laughs) wow thank you so much for bringing this to my attention um and giving me this idea of how to channel my story to bring it to the collective to give them something they can take from that I think you, in a I way, really, really if you think about a sense it, of sorry, Mark, um, just feeling a no, sense no. of you by you sharing your story, Lisa, it will empower so many people, so many creatives, and even just the, the nuances of relationships with men, with guys in general, and with family, and all of that. When you're working through 
developing and creating your your dream and working on what you desire and you get these people who appear as obstacles but they're not real obstacles they were just there to kind of make sure that you're really tuned into where you want to go that that would be so powerful that would be so so powerful and i look forward to seeing that but also (laughs) julissa on another level you, you, there's a dark side to this as well because you're like the Dark Knight. Because mm-hmm. I understand the Dark, dark Knight doesn't have any superpowers as such, you know. <laughs> right? But you've done the same thing as him. You've taken some skills that you have and nothing stopped you achieving. No obstacle was great enough to stop you achieving. So, you know, when you come to make this video, there's a parallel with the Dark Knight, is all I'm saying. And you know that's funny. That's why he's my favorite because mm. he has no superpowers, and yet exactly. he's over here with the gods, literal people who can laser beam him for in a exactly. second. Exactly. He's the only person. If you watch the cartoons, he's the only one who had the plan to destruct the Justice League himself. Yeah. Like, so that's what I loved about him is having no superpowers. He would be looked at as the underdog, really. And, and you know, I, for him to be strong enough to stand amongst everybody else is amazing. Yeah, and, and I know a young filmmaker who, who some people had the power to stop their their ability to create film, and yet they were able to overcome it. They could stand up against anyone. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking about an hour now, and I really just wanted wow, to. Wow, it was about ten minutes. Okay. What we could. Like looking to project into the future so in say two to three years time where do you see yourself going from here mm, good question mm. um that is a very good question at least in two to three years i at least want to be more independent so I would say that because I want to really develop my own brand a lot more because right now this is being my first film job I've almost worked here for a year now it's about to be a year and a few months and this isn't the end-all be-all right and Mm -hmm. Justin who's my main client now understands that so But also um, having this job with them, I have no clue where it can take me, right? Because we had, we have certain contracts with um, different companies. Like there was this closet company that's like really big out here. So like we would do recording with big names. Like, I don't know if you know who Cynthia Bailey is, but like I had to go over there and record for her and stuff and do these certain things off of um, doing their marketing. So basically I'm just saying working with them, they have so many opportunities that one could come up and change my mind. <laughs> and maybe I'm, <laughs> or uh, maybe I'm working for Nike now, maybe I'm working for who knows. Um, but overall in two to three years, I want to develop a lot more of my own individual projects also or maybe projects of others i want to do more um short films definitely and more heart touching stories and 
Um, so that's basically what I'm looking to develop is my own brand and my own personal films. Because right now, if you look at my work, it's all these YouTube videos because I'm doing that Monday through Friday all day. Uh-huh. So I'm looking to gain a bit more freedom um, in my own creativeness in this industry. But this is where I'm starting. So it's a good start. Sounds awesome. Excellent. Excellent. Um, any other questions? Yeah, I've got one one question. Uh, but before I say it, I wanted to invite you to the UK so that perhaps we can see some of your work up up close and personal in terms of some of the stuff you could do here. So whenever you're ready in the next sort of hundred years, come over to the UK and, and uh, you know do some of your stuff here. My final question is this: What advice would you give people following behind you, particularly? I'm really struck by the idea of sort of introverted people that want to want to try and do their skills, but are a little uh, lacking in a bit of self-confidence. What, what advice would you give them? Um, well, the first thing that I would say is I can't expect people to believe in me if I don't believe in myself. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that would be the first thing with them. Um, I battle my mind a lot, right? So when I don't have self-confidence, I need to realize what this is and what the root of it is. So I kind of do like self-psychology and that's how I branch out because in this industry, like it's about who you know, basically also Mm -hmm. like you can have your own skill set right but there's a certain element of networking that does take you further when you're able to do it and um i would say i just i'm not even sure the advice to give them but i would say for myself i just had to fight for myself when nobody else would and even though I was doubting myself, I'm just like, it's all or nothing right now because if I don't take this chance, I'm gonna lose. And if I try, if I get out of my comfort zone and fight for myself and still lose, at least, you know, I gave it all I could give. And there's a certain confidence in giving something all you can give. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. Jermaine, I want to thank you. Uh, I didn't realize we were going to meet such an intelligent, motivated and creative person. I feel really like um, the sun shining doubly today on, on this interview. I really enjoyed it. So, guys, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much. And I have to go to the UK, definitely. That's going yeah, to be... Yeah, for real. <laughs> for sure. Well, that's all we have time for from the wonderful and amazing Jaleesa Lopez. Um, Jaleesa, if you can, please uh, social media, let us know where we can find you. Please. Thank you so much. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram at Jaleesa Lopez 7. So that's J-A-L-Y-S-S-A Lopez 7 and the number 7. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful to actually spend some time with you and some of your journey um, and your your perspectives on your journey as well. Knowing these these challenges that you've had, I'm just like, wow. And you're doing it. 
you are doing what you set out to do. So this is amazing to capture this moment as a little uh, time capsule. Um, and I'm sure it'll be it'll be amazing to come back to this in two, three years time. Gone on to do projects with Nike and yeah. whoever else out there in the world. Um, Dave Chappelle and all sorts listen of people. To that's everything that I'm working towards and manifesting like how amazing is this <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm really appreciative of your time today Jalissa and for you sharing um, it's been wonderful um, as you has already shared um, uh, listen. any final thoughts Jalissa oh I just want to say thank you so much I'm over here cheesing <laughs> smiling <laughs> Thank you for having me. Um, it's just thank you. Yeah, that's all I have to say. I want to say gracias y venceremos. What does that mean, Mark? I'm saying thank you and she will win. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Thank you all very much. And tuning into the Kiyos Anarchy podcast, this has been another episode of Stargazers with Jalisa Lopez, all the way from Georgia. Good evening and good night. <laughs>